Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive escape from the COVID-induced house arrest. I am your cabin <laughs> fevered host, Brett Hatfield, oh, here with our steadfast engineer and co-host, Catfish Groves, Let me out. as well as the motor monster of YouTube's Ooh. trading cars, Mr. Corey Pratt. Uh, we are coming to you from the fantabulous interwebs because somebody didn't fully cook their bat pate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a hey, lot. <laughs> Medium Thanks rare. No good. No good, man. Yeah, no crap. <laughs> uh, we want to hear from you, and we're starting to hear from a few of you, and that's really cool. But tell us what you think. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you want to hear, who you'd like to hear from. Uh, we'll do our very best to get that on for you. Send us your picks and the story behind your cool car. You can send those yeah. to Brett at readthedriven.com. I will post those on the Driven website at www.readthedriven.com. And we got a really, really cool one this last week from a gentleman named Johnny Fargus, who's trying to cram a Maserati Quattroporte engine into a Fiat Spider, which is kind of like Ron Jeremy trying to screw a June bug. <laughs> and not to mistake it, not a newer Fiat. Uh, no, older no, no. One of those little Kmart carts, I suckers. Yes. Uh, it's cool uh, looking. I, I love what, what he's done with it so far, but that, that motor, Jeebus, well, Chrysler. It, Mr. Fergus Diaz, you madman, you. We're going to have him on the show to tell us all about it. In the meantime, he's got his own YouTube channel. He's posting short little videos of it. It looks like a neat project, but oh my Lord, what an undertaking. Fingers crossed. So, looks cool. Hey, more power to him. It looks like something you would have come up with in uh, in study hall. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this a bunch week. of scratch paper written down. Uh, this week, we've got news about a Utah kid who wants his Lamborghini right now. Uh, <laughs> a chance to have your car featured at Monterey Car Week. Uh, new dates and venues for the Hot Rod Power Tour, but it's going to happen. They're going to have nice. it. Thank God. Yes. And, yes. I, I'm thinking about getting a semi uh, and a car trailer behind it so I can take all my crap on that. <laughs> Look, hi, guys. <laughs> and, and we got a dozen handy hips for a successful restoration project. Uh, our special guest this week is Mike Musto. Uh, he'll be here to discuss his new role at Hemmings, a sneak peek at what they may have coming for us, uh, buying obscure motorcycles and drinking bespoke tequilas. God love him. <laughs> Got a lot of news this week, so let's get to it. <laughs> According to Road and Track here, a Utah cop stops a five-year-old, a five-year-old, driving to California to buy a Lamborghini. Oh, well, he had three bucks. <laughs> well, that guess it <laughs> he's a, one of the local. He's a good Walmart. negotiator, man. To a five-year-old, that stacks and stacks of cash. Uh, when I was five, I tried to figure out how to make a paper airplane big enough to fly to my friend's house. I don't know what this kid was thinking. Five-year-old boy was pulled over by a Utah Highway Patrolman, basically on his way to California. So, according to, <laughs> according, I'm trying to get my wrap my hand around this here. According to the Highway Patrol, uh, this kid had an argument with his mom, saying that, uh, well, she should buy him a Lamborghini, and she said no. So, 
Apparently he didn't care about that or wasn't told that no is a good answer. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm guessing he doesn't hear that word enough. Yeah, apparently not. So he thought he would just go off on his own to go buy him a supercar, and he grabbed the family car to go do it. The more impressive thing about it is the kid was able to reach the pedal, see out of the thing, not wreck himself, and even drive to begin with at the age of five. Wow. So he so, got pulled over by Utah Highway Patrol. Yeah. Which means he yeah. managed to get it on a highway. Yeah, indeed. He yeah. certainly did. Now, granted, the trooper did say it looked like there was someone that was an impaired driver, so I don't think he could see very well. Classic Motorsports Magazine is talking about a virtual Monterey kickoff cruise uh, presented by Haggerty and eBay Motors. So you have an ability to possibly get your car to Monterey Week without getting it to Monterey Car Week. Uh, Classic Motorsports Magazine, every year, does a great big Monterey kickoff cruise in. And it kind of marks the beginning of the whole week. And it's a, it's a fun get-together. I've been to it a couple times. It's it's a cool deal. But, but because they canceled, it's not a met, and we talked about that last week, how they canceled so much stuff. They're going to technically still have it, but it's all virtual. And here's the great thing. Everybody that ever thought they wanted to take their car to Monterey, myself included, now you can have it as part of the show simply by sending them your pictures. Everybody's basically invited. I, I, I do know that. And then um, you fill out a registration, I guess, so it has your information for your car. So when they display mm-hmm. your picture, I would imagine. They have a one day where everybody's car pics will be posted on their website and you can see everybody's cars, which would make cool. for a heck of a lot bigger show than what they're able to do in Monterey every year. Uh, you can totally do that. And all the links, of course, will be 3driven.com. Well, like I was cheering for, Hot Rod Power Tour, they say they're going to have it. They've moved it. It's usually in June. They moved it from June to August. Uh, It's going to be the 23rd through the 29th. And they also had to uh, jostle around where they were going because some of the venues that they had originally scheduled for June weren't available for the August dates. But there's still seven days. There's still seven stops. They're going to just kick it off where they were originally at Summer Motorsport, Summit Motorsports Park in Nor- Norwalk, Ohio. That's easy for me to say. Then they're going to go to National Trail Raceway in Hebron, Ohio, Indiana State Fairgrounds, and then the Annapolis WWT Raceway at Gateway, at Gateway in St. Louis, uh, University of Illinois State Farm Center in Champaign, Illinois, Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds in Davenport, Iowa, and the Chicagoland Speedway. Juliet, Illinois will be the wrap-up estimated 6,000 cars and their participants, their occupants. Uh, The venues are packed with all kinds of activities, uh, main stage celebrity appearances, games, entertainment, midway. It's kind of a traveling circus for a week. And more than 50 aftermarket performance vendors. (laughs) Bring your cash, kids. Uh, A few locations will also feature... Uh, fun runs down the quarter mile and autocross events. Previous registrations for the June run are automatically transferred to the new dates. But if you previously registered and you can't make the August dates, they will automatically flip those to Hot Rod Power Tour next year. All you have to do to have that happen is go to Hot Rod's website and complete form. One of the things that they wanted to make sure is mentioned Power Tour this year will start on a Sunday. It usually starts on a Saturday. So want to make sure that everybody's aware of that. For more information, follow Hot Rod Power Tour at www.hotrod.com, on Facebook at Hot Rod Mag, on Twitter at Hot Rod Magazine, or email powertour at hotrod.com. All of those links will be on readthedriven.com. 
Sounds like a good time, man. It really I nice. want to go bad. Not like I didn't have a selection last year, but this year I have a better selection of cars to take on Hot Rod Power Tour. I was talking to the wife a little earlier today saying, well, would I take the Harley truck or would I take something else? She says, take my GTO, dummy. <laughs> I, uh, I forget. We got a GTO, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's oh. that. Oh, how dare you? The life well, oh, you know what? Car. I never what do you know? Do you have to go to every location or can you like slip into like one location, drive for a bit and then come back out? You know, you can you can go to you can go hit one location if it's easy for you. A couple of years ago, it started off here at Arrowhead, yep. and I just went up to Arrowhead because I I couldn't leave town. Uh, I went up to Arrowhead and drove around, and my goodness, there's a lot of cool cars that can go on this thing. And the other thing is, they tend to stay off the bigger highways and travel more Route 66 type uh, highways and stuff like that. And you get to go through a lot of cool little towns and. It's a good time, man, and I'm dying to do it. Classic Motorsports Magazine has listed 12 tips for better project car management. That's a lot of big words for if you're going to buy something that needs a lot of something, this is kind of some, something you ought to think about uh, before you, you know, <laughs> dive neck deep into this. So, and, so, uh, so. Uh, I, I don't know about <laughs> you guys. I've been real guilty of jumping into a project with no planning. I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, you know, I, <laughs> how hard can it be? <laughs> That's yeah, the famous uh-huh. last word. I, uh-huh. I'm a walking cautionary tale with that 56 Plymouth that I bought and then dismantled and then disfigured and then sold by parts just to be able to pay I, back for all the stuff I bought at uh, uh, what is that cheap tool place? <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Harbor Freight? Yeah. yeah. Harbor Freight. I, I might have gone there. I walked out a man and went back a crying baby. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a mistake. I, once upon a time, I inherited a disassembled 70 Corvette Coupe. And one of the quotes they had, they got in this article about a disassembled car takes up three times the space an assembled car does. I can tell you that is spot on. Oh my God. <laughs> my wife, I had, I had the hoods uh, in the garage forever. I had all the wheels, the tires. I had all these parts because it was at a friend of mine's uh, uh, barn, basically, you know, and you can't see me air quoting here right now, but I was, oh God, yeah, I was fixing it there. <laughs> And then I, yes, I, I can, dude. you know, as a end of the tale, I did make some money on it because I sold parts to even people down in Miami that shipped it to South Africa. That this car was in, wow. the body was in great condition. The rest of it sucked in making the money back. I gave all the leftover parts I had to the Plymouth club of Kansas city. Oh, well, so, you, you know, ought to yeah, yeah, have to so their heart now. Yeah, Did you I, give I should. Some of your tools, too? No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no I, You're like, I really don't want these anymore. <laughs> I got a welder with more dust than the Sahara. It's, uh, it's oh, there. Oh, well, have one. Good. Yeah. Well, you know, next time I need to burn holes in something, I'll give you a holler. Yeah, I'm the guy. You come to me. <laughs> All right. 12 tips for better pro- car project, project car management. And uh, we'll zip right through these. The first one is determine the scope. <laughs> that's the part where you kill your dream Probably and you get real easier about said it. than done oh well you know a rolling restoration less daunting easy to manage so does it roll uh it it requires less money or spread expenditures over a longer period of time so think about how you're going to pay for all this stuff uh and yeah. you know you really do need to think about it because i looked at that flathead six and i'm like hey i can figure that out i got a college degree and uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know my a from a hole in the ground and <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, should have noticed that there wasn't even a distributor cap on it. Should have noticed. Didn't. It's okay. Um, so, move, you know, uh, be sure to kind of look at it and really think through how much money you're going to have to spend. Make sure you have enough space for it. Which I'll, I'll tell you uh, something. That's that pretty important. Having a friend with a barn is a great thing. Being able to park it in the barn or next to the barn is a great thing. When that barn is an hour and a half from your house, it starts to suck real quick uh, because it's a <laughs> long drive to get there, and then you're in the burning heat and you're by yourself, and then it's a long br- drive back to think about you know really the question your your thoughts and and your beliefs. Uh, so. <laughs> Have enough There's space. another thought there. Working out of a garage that's within earshot of another human being, really good idea. So when something heavy falls on you. <laughs> Help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> you are not wrong. Okay, mm-hmm. disassemble only as necessary. Another great idea that I wish I had known. Because <laughs> if there was one thing uh, I was skilled, skilled at, I took that SOB apart. And I took pictures as I went along. Yeah, whatever. What the hell is that thing? And how did it apart. go back in? Yeah, like there were little the springs end. and little things, even in the freaking headlights. What was, what was I thinking? I wasn't thinking. I was, t- I was doing a car thing. So, um, you know, make sure that you have this uh, this plan available. Uh, disassemble only as necessary. Order parts in advance, but don't go overboard. <laughs> Another thing where I was just buying crap left and right. It's going. I got some new old stock floor matting. Look at that. I have two uh, rocker panels in my garage right now. N- new old stock fifty six Plymouth rocker panels. I don't know what the hell to do with those things. They're sitting in my garage, though, with a few others, some hubcaps. and a, Turns uh, out, Mark, I actually could use one of those. You know, we'll talk. I've got a two-barrel carburetor, <laughs> too, by the way, for a six, a flathead six that if you need it, I, uh, I'm your guy. Uh, you know, don't just kind of go easy on it. Uh, take pictures. <laughs> I did that. Uh, but it's a great idea, <laughs> yeah, especially definitely. if you're planning and you're going step-by-step and you kind of, you know, have an idea of what you're doing. Uh, take those pictures. Slow down to go fast. Uh, they say it's critically important not to disassemble components before you've proper, properly documented things. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was part of my problem. I wanted to do it in a hurry, and that's a that's a really terrible uh, ter- game plan. Awful. It never works out. No, and, and it didn't. Uh, number seven was take notes. That Corvette I inherited, nothing was labeled. Nothing. Did you you get like a bucket full of bolts? Like, good luck. Bags and boxes (laughs) and coffee cans and Tupperware containers. And Jack was labeled. And had I not spent so much time around Corvettes, a lot of it I just looked at, oh, I I know what that is. But, man, there were dozens of parts of what I had no clue. I got nothing. (laughs) You know that that earlier part where I said slow down and to go fast, number eight is save Mm -hmm. money on parts by not rushing. You're going to save money by not, you know, jumping in and going, oh, crap, I didn't need that. Because you know what? On eBay, you can't return Jack. No, you buy it. It's yours. <laughs> Good luck with that. As is. I've got a, I got a new old stock uh, uh, dimmer light switch. What the hell am I going to do with that? I, it's Ooh, not, I could use that, too. Uh, we're, we'll talk. <laughs> Dude, you, you need to come over to my garage and look at this big gray bucket <laughs> I have in there because it's, it's going to be your playhouse. All right, uh, number nine, be a loyal customer. Pick one or two shops and become a loyal customer. I think that is so smart because these are the people that are going to have your back. They're going to walk in and go, oh, it's that jackass. Come on in, man. Come on in. What do you need? I went through three Corvettes. I was working on three of them at one time 20 years ago, and I was getting everything I could from Zip Parts in Mechanicsville, Virginia. 
those SOBs still send me Christmas cards. <laughs> Probably because they, they feel to. sorry for you to this day. You put a couple of the Probably. kids through college. You're kind of like, you know, Uncle Brett now. Uh, oh, I'm like, pretty oh, sure hey, some kids. Hey, who's that? that? Oh, it's Brett. That's... I'm pretty sure some employees' kids went to an Ivy Leaf school on my coin. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Number 10 was remember, that sh- uh, remember shipping matters. So when you're thinking up all these prices, Think about shipping because some of that stuff's uh, hella heavy and uh, or shaped really weird. I was I, there was a guy that wanted to buy the dash out of it because I mean I took that some gun apart and a uh, guy wanted to buy the dash and uh, both the uh, the faceplate dash and then the metal over part of it of the fifty six Plymouth. I went and I checked on shipping and it cost more to ship it than to buy it. And he's like, you know what? No, thanks. Okay, number 11, understand that costs are surprisingly similar. Regardless of make and model, restoring an engine, suspension, or even interior is usually relatively inexpensive, simple, and straightforward, according to them. Rust repair and paint work are usually the most expensive because they're time-consuming. You're paying for hours. Uh, You know, I I watch enough uh, do-it-yourself videos to realize that, yeah, Mark, you know, after your welding experience, yeah, you're probably not up for this. And uh, I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut up. I'm gonna have to pay people to do all these things. And I'm far too unskilled and stupid to do. I'm, I'm looking at one of Mark's welds. Yeah, shut up. Could you imagine if I did a progression video on his build? It actually would be a reversed progression. <laughs> it looks like nature. Just taking something down. Like, wait a minute. Wasn't this more apart last week? <laughs> That's morbidity in motion. Uh, and then number 12, be realistic about how long it's going to take. And that's a huge one. Uh, you know. Uh, Absolutely. If you think it's going to be easy and fast, double it and just kind of step back and go, okay, don't be in a hurry. Don't I think that's hurt. smart. I think that's it smart. Is. You know, it, it, whatever you, you say, hey, this project I work. X amount of hours, this will take four weeks. Go, no, it'll take eight. Yeah. Well, our special guest this week has been through lots of car projects. Uh, he is the car guy's car guy. He's also one of the nicest guys in all of cardom. It's Mike Musto. He'll be here to talk about his new role at Hemmings, uh, buying obscure motorcycles, bespoke tequilas, and uh, all the fun stuff he's got lurking in his garage. Coming up next here on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling podcast on the web. Our guest this week is a Driven Radio repeat offender, Mr. Mike Musto. Mike's been an executive producer, host, and media consultant, and a fixture in the automotive community for over a decade with over 3,000 3, articles published Ooh, in wow, print and much. online uh, on Motor Trend, Road and Track, Car Craft, Haggerty, Men's Health, Modern Mopar, Mark modern Mopar. I'm down. Ooh. I heard uh-huh. my ears started tingling uh, right when you said Mopar. Mopar. Mike's had two original automotive series. He had the House of Muscle on Motor Trend and Big Muscle on the Drive Network. Uh, managing to, col- to collect over 60 million views. Uh, right. And now Mr. Musto has managed to land himself over at Hemmings as a director of new media. It's my pleasure to welcome back one of the nicest guys in the automotive world, Mr. Mike Musto. Hey. Mike, how you doing? Doing also great. Also the owner of the world's most glorious beard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, doing, doing great, guys. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. So what have you been doing to keep your sanity? What are you, uh, what are you doing <laughs> with cars when we're all locked away? It's, you know, I think everybody's trying to do the same thing. I mean, I think one of the things that people forget was, were um, 
you know, yes, we're kind of on a somewhat of a lockdown or a quarantine, but we're not, that doesn't mean we can't go out and drive our cars. We're not under a, you know, a, a curfew. We are not under any type of uh, formal slash, you know, um, I guess mandated stay at home. So you can absolutely get in your cars. You can go out, you can drive wherever you want to go, um, burn as much fuel as you want and have fun. And that's the, honestly, that's what we've been doing. We've been just getting out on the weekends and we're just, we've just been cycling through the collection, like a different car every weekend. We're like, all right, this weekend nice. we're going to go here. We're going to take this and then so on and so forth. So yeah, it's actually <laughs> been fun. We're, we're doing fine. You and know? one of the, cool. and one of the few upsides uh, of this is gas is cheap right now. Well, gas is still expensive in California. Every place else in the United States, gas is cheap. We're, I mean, we're still ah, we're, we're still at over three dollars a gallon. Which what is, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow! Oh yeah! Wow! That's crazy. Oh, well, well yeah, that's they see the drive about. still. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. <laughs> Used to it. So you say you're getting out and about. Uh, what's in your What's in your collection now? Almost got you to buy one last year. I see you finally got a black Bronco to your name. I did. Yeah, I was, I, you know, I thought about yours and then I was, I had just come off um, selling my 928, my Porsche 928. And I was looking, I, you know, wanted a Bronco for a while. I was looking around and I found one. A good friend of mine had texted me this Craigslist ad um, at 6 a.m. And he was like, this is going to sell. You need to get down there. He doesn't know what he has. And it was a 96 Bronco. Uh, it's an XLT Sport, uh, 351 Windsor, under 100,000 miles. Good. And I bl- it was literally the first guy there with cash in hand, bought it for, you know, just about 10 grand, which is... Oh, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> and he, no, but nobody, he, he had no idea what it was worth. And um, the only thing I did to it, I mean, it needed, it was, it's a one-owner Bronco, had a bunch of like little old man fixes, like some whack, you know, <laughs> stuff under the hood and shit like that. But it was, I mean, we just kind of went through it, kind of defunct it, you know, like got all the weird stuff out. Um, the, the cap was all sun faded, so I had that resprayed and then just had it detailed. And if you saw it now, like the interior is in as new condition, you would look oh, at it and cool. be like, oh, it's got 35,000 miles on it. So very cool. Oh, yeah, wow. it's a great truck. Great truck. So you got the Bronco. What else is there? Um, we have got a Bronco. We've got a uh, 1990 Jeep Grand Wagoneer, like a wood yeah. paneled Wagoneer. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I've got a, um, a 1979 BMW 528i, cool. which is in uh, museum condition. It's in showroom shape. Um, got the Charger, the Daytona, the... Uh, and then I've got my, I've got, I bought a 1985 Honda Elite 150 scooter with a pop-up headlight, <laughs> like for the sole reason that it has a pop-up <laughs> headlight. Pop-up and I was, headlight. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, well, I obviously have to buy that. So I bought that. Um, and then I've got my Bagheera, my MZ. And that's, you know, but like, that's the problem with being home is that you're constantly, I mean, I probably look at three to 500 cars a day. Oh, wow. And yeah. I'm like, well, I could buy this and I should probably buy that. And I'm like, I shouldn't buy anything, but um, <laughs> I, I got hooked too. you couldn't be more right. And, uh, me being fully the dummy I am, I think I'm going to buy another Harley. <laughs> I mean, well, here's the thing. And you know, it's interesting, like looking at cars, I'm surprised that stuff, stuff seems to be selling for full retail right now. I, I yeah. don't see a lot. I, like I was expecting some crazy bargains. I'm not seeing that. Um, if you look at like the like the Hemmings auctions, you look at bring a trailer and stuff like that. Those cars are still selling for good, good money. Yeah. So, you know, I think every now and again you'll come across one, but 
I'm seeing a lot of project cars that are for sale. Yeah. So if you want to take on a project, you could probably scoop yeah. one of those up. But like fully running great cars, um, they're they're still commanding some money. Most stuff seems to be selling where it was uh, pre-virus. Yeah. Uh, but I have found, and you really, really, really got to look. You got to hunt and pack. Uh, Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Every now and then you'll find one. Yeah. I found one on, on Facebook Marketplace. It's about half what it should be. Okay. So I'm doing my due diligence and making yeah. sure I'm not buying somebody's <laughs> grenade. Right. But, <laughs> sure. Uh, if this thing is what it looks like to me, and I, I know Harley's pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to bring home a new one. And, I mean, you know, I need a, I need it like I need another hole in my head. But, of course. Uh, yeah, but why not? Stuff. I mean, that's, that, that's the whole thing. I mean, I think people forget that they don't have to be, you don't have to keep them forever. Like I True. was online, I was looking for, I, you know, I was just looking for something that I could take out and like bomb through the canyons with and stuff. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just get like a Porsche Boxster. Like they're like between like five and 15 grand for the nicest one on the planet, like an early yeah. one. Yeah. And I'm like, I could just use it for the summer, like beat the crap out of it and then sell it at the end of the summer. Like what do I, if I lose a thousand, get your money back up. Who cares? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and Matt knows the guy who's got all the Boxster five speeds left in existence. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All righty. So in addition to your collection, last night when I uh, I got to see just a little bit of you and Matt Farah talking, and you look like you were having a, a really glorious drink. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's yeah, we, we broke the tequila out for Cinco de Mayo and a mile or whatever and, and had a couple of drinks, which was good. Well, uh, tell us, a, that looked like a terrific tequila yeah. you were having. And I was really jealous. Tell me about that. I want to go it, find it now. It, it is. So I have a, a really close friend of mine that is a uh, Somalia and he works for a company called Bellows International down in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And he he sent me this bottle of tequila called Porfidio and it's in this hand-blown glass bottle with a green hand-blown cactus in the bottom. And it's a, if you like tequila, it's a uh, single barrel Anejo and it's, it's brilliant. It is really good. Yeah, it's just really, really <laughs> tough to find. But if you find it, it's not cheap, but just buy it because it's that good. Oh, I'll, I'll wow, spare really? no dime uh, torturing my liver. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's really, really good. So, yeah, we were, we were doing that. I forget what Matt was drinking, but, uh, yeah, I, I bought so it. Actually, Matt. my wife bought it for me. She saw a bottle a while ago, bought it for me, and I haven't seen another one since. So I'm kind of like... I bring that out for like special yeah. occasions or fun stuff because I know if I run out of it, I don't know if I'm going to find it again. Yeah, I know. I know how that goes. All right. Mm-hmm. Back to car stuff. Now you've mm-hmm. got all that fantastic stuff in your garage. You're making some changes to some of it. Yeah. Tell us about your projects. So the Daytona, the first form of the Daytona is getting, that's going under the knife. It was supposed to have been under the knife right now. Um, we were going to go to LX first. Um, down in Southern California. And then from there with the car was going to go to Michelin or Michigan. And so basically what we're doing is we're putting a warmed over health crate motor in it. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, and it's honestly, it's something that I've wanted to do for a while. So we got together with the guys at Dodge, um, the guys at Wesley Motorsports in Michigan and basically going to redo the whole car. We're going to fully cage the car. We're going to pull the back seat out. Um, the motor when tuned and, and played with should be, somewhere around 850 horsepower. Um, and the goal is to, honestly, we're going we're gonna to redo the suspension, wheels, tires, brakes. The goal is to be the first Daytona ever to, to run the Nürburgring in Germany and run the Autobahn. And we're going for Ooh. a top speed of around 210 plus in that car. 
Oh, wow. When are you going? Yeah, next year. Well, I mean, you know, we were supposed to go. We're scheduling it for probably next June or July. But we just have to see how the build goes now that we're already pushed back, you know, three months. Don't don't hurt my baby. That's my baby. You realize that's my car. Someday you don't even know me and you're going to realize, I I think I love that guy. And you're going to send me that car because that is an amazing vehicle. And your story, your whole story of owning it is just fantastic. So Uh, it's a fun car. Are you going to be the hot shoe in that car? Um, I think for some of it, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely, you know, on the Nürburgring, Kevin Wesley from Wesley Motorsports, he is, I mean, he's a shoe. I mean, he does um, Pikes Peak. He's built cars for I don't know how many years. Um, I mean, he's a real driver. I'm a, I'm a good driver, so I will absolutely wheel it around the ring, and I'll take it to Nürburgring or take it to the Autobahn and do all that stuff. But if we ever go for kind of like timed laps or anything, Kevin will be behind the wheel because that's just okay. not – yeah. I mean, you know, I definitely want to – I have to get the car over 200. I'm definitely going to do that because that's been a goal <laughs> since I built it. I brought it up oh, to man. around 160 miles now, like close to wow. 160. and. You know, it's just that's what the car should do. But again, right now it's still, you know, I mean, it's it's basically the suspension is still 1969 stuff. It's just torsion bars oh. and swing arms and leaf springs. And it's like an ox cart with the nose. Cord. <laughs> now, now, how does something like that feel at 160 the way it's set up now? Surprisingly good. Um you know, that, like I have my 68 charger and the differences are unbelievable considering they're basically the same style car, right? That's, that's yeah. what I started with. So, you know, at around 115, 120, the charger gets real light in the front end. It just comes up yeah. and starts to kind of play yeah. like that, where at 110, the Daytona just sits and squats and it gets better and better and better. So with the, with the charger, you're kind of fighting the wheel at that speed. Anything over 110 miles an hour in the Daytona, you can just, you just hold it on and you're just like, this is fine. It is unbelievably wow. stable. I mean, That's, they knew what they were doing when they built that car. They really did. Wow. I, I definitely I, feel like that was definitely something built ahead of its time for, oh, that, totally. for that kind of And it was uh, built by ability. a rocket, like literally built by a Chrysler rocket scientist from their rocket division. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take it. Uh, yeah. I have, yeah. I've had the same uh, nose light experience in a solid axle Corvette at a buck 20. Yeah. Creepy. Oof. Oh, scary. Even yeah. at 19, I was smart enough to know this is going to kill you. Yeah, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no good. Yeah. All right. So the Daytona is is going to become a radically different vehicle. Mm-hmm. What else are you doing? Uh, we have the Charger. Not much to the Charger except redoing it because it's just it needs it. Like, I Well, you be- put a lot of miles on that. Yeah, I, I, put, a, I put close to 65,000 miles on that car. And it's it's been foot to the floor miles from day one. I mean, we we raced one lap of America in that car. It's been driven coast to coast four times. I've driven it to Canada. I've driven it to Mexico. I've, dri- I've driven that car everywhere. So, you know, it just it just it's tired. And it's still I, I I would turn the key today and drive from California to New York, and I wouldn't even blink an eye that it would make it. But it's tired. It needs, you know, I want to rewire it. I want to put air conditioning in it, which it's never had before. Like that's going to oh, be something wow. special. Um, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. And it's the, the, you know what it is? And I'm sure everybody can relate. The, the older I get, the more comfortable. Yeah. I want yes, to be. Baby. yeah. So, you know, it might see power windows. It might, and it's, might have those seats has, redone, especially in the bottom. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's served me well for so many years. And it's just given and given and given. And now I'm going to get back. And that car is pretty much now regulated to kind of like burnout and hot rod duty. You know what I mean? 
you're, you're st- Mark, you'll pardon me for this, Mike. You're starting to suffer from what my dad calls early onset old fuckeritis. Oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. that, but I mean, I can offset that because I'll have a 200 mile an hour Daytona. So you go, eh, okay. Yeah, okay. It's not that bad. I can make it work. Did I, did I hear that you're pulling your wife's Grand Wagoneer apart? Yeah, that's, that's another thing. So I had that we picked up a couple of years ago and I had it restored at a buddy's place in New York. And I gave it to my yeah. wife for her birthday because she's always wanted one. And where the body and the paint and everything is interior is amazing. The, and I redid the entire suspension on it. The motor is just tired. It's got 170,000 miles on the, on the 360, which was a boat anchor. To, I mean, yeah. they were terrible to begin with. Yeah. Um, and it's, it gets seven miles to the gallon, like on its best day. So it, it's one of those things where I, I you know, like I'll, I'll do a 5.7 out of a Durango. We'll take okay. the EVAP system out. We'll do everything front to back. And this way we could drive it literally for the next 15 or 20 years and not worry about it and get maybe 15 to 18 miles to the gallon. That would be kind of nice. Now, I sit here and talk to you about your cars all night long and uh, everything else, but you've got much bigger fish to fry. Tell us about this new job at Hemmings. Oh, yeah. No, it's 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 great. You know, it's, it's really interesting because – I started talking to them, I guess, late last year and just doing kind of a little, you know, conversation and a little bit of consulting and whatnot. And um, then we just kind of progressed with, they were starting to do some video and we were kind of talking about that. And I've owned my own business for 12 years. And it's one of those things where I've worked with just about everybody in the business. I've worked with all the OEMs. I've worked with just about everybody in the aftermarket. Um, I've done product development and and video and consulting and, and so on and so forth. So, um, it was just one of those things where they, they kind of said, you know, would you be interested in coming on full time? And, you know, at first I was like, oh, I don't know. But then you, you start to break it down and you're like, here's a company that's been around for 70 years. They're not going anywhere. They've got an amazing legacy. Um, their brand right now is going through, and we are going through a significant change that everybody's going to see. And so to come in and be hired to, kind of spearhead the video arm of that and create an entirely new category of shows that no one's ever seen before of automotive programming. It honestly, it was like a, I couldn't say no, it was a dream job. And I was like, I get to do this for one person, for one company, as opposed to every month throwing 25 things against the wall and hoping two are going to stick. So it, I, it couldn't be better. And the company itself, we have a brand new president by the name of Jonathan Shaw, who is, I mean, he's, he's a young guy. He's got his head on straight. His vision is straight. And the cool part is he's like, you know what you have to do. Go do it. And I'm like, woo. So it's, 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 yeah, it's so good. It's so so good. So yeah, we've got, um, we, we're going to have anywhere from six to eight brand new shows that are going to come out. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Where, and I think everybody's going to look at them and go, Hemmings made this because I, again, everybody that, you know, you think of Hemmings right now and, you think of that kind of, I want to say your grandfather's publication, right? The big oh, classified I, I, books and, yeah, you know, um, the shows that we're making are not that. They are very focused on every, everything is in motion. Everything is experiential. So if a car or a vehicle is not moving, we're not filming it. It has, we're going to cover everything from um, trucks, cars, motorcycles, boats, fashion, food, travel, Stuff that, again, 
the automotive world hasn't seen before. And we're like, I'm, I'm like, this is what I want to see as a, as an automotive enthusiast. So that's what we're doing. And it's going to like, I don't know. I get excited because I just can't wait to do it. It's going to be so much. I'm fun. convinced yeah. now. Yeah, dude, it's, it's cool. And we've so got we've great hosts and everything. Uh, with, with everything that's been going on, yeah. I know everybody's calendar has pretty much been thrown in the trash. Yeah. Do you have a timeline right now? Do you know about when you might be able to start cranking stuff out? Yeah, I mean, we honestly, when we first started talking about it, we were set to to launch the first season of every show for right before SEMA. Um but now that we've been literally pushed back three months, what I'm thinking is probably fourth quarter or early 2021, like January 1, 2021. Um, just because we legally were not allowed to go out and produce content just because of what's going on. Right. Oh, so we sure. can't, right. yeah, we're, yeah. we're just, and it would be irresponsible for us to do so. So we've got so much other stuff going on that it's fine. And it's actually given me more of a chance to kind of say, okay, well, let's, let's really focus on how we want these programs to go. Let's focus on the individuals we want on these programs. Let's focus on the destination. Let's focus on the experience. Um, and that's what we've been doing. So moving forward, as soon as this lifts, we're going to be out guns blazing. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited for you. Yeah. Uh, with everything that's been going on as far as, uh, well, just this spring, everything that's happened. Mm -hmm. Has Hemmings Online seen a significant bump in traffic? Yeah. You know, it's been really interesting because we launched we launched an online auction back in August of 2019. Yes. Yeah. And the, the sell-through rate that we have is over 80%, which is, I mean, wow. pretty, pretty unbelievable. And it's, people are still kind of finding out about the auction and they're, they're going, oh, you know, we've seen Bring a Trailer for years you know, but those prices have gone up, you know, kind of scaled yeah. to the roof because of what it is where our prices, we're still getting supermarket value, but they're more reasonable. And, you know, the cars are selling, which is great. And the cool part is like, if your, if your car goes up and for some reason it doesn't sell it, it, it instantly goes to a premium classified ad, which is already, already posted. And so it's, it's like a no lose situation for the seller. And, just from a community standpoint, it's been a lot of fun just kind of the interacting with the, with the buyers and the sellers because on the auction side, we're having conversations with both and we're actually going back and saying, well, you know, you know, if, if this question is an answer to your satisfactory, what can we do to help you with that? And I think that's one of the biggest things is just the, the community aspect of it that we're trying to create. And um, it's it's going well. It's like I said, all of us are just like, wow, this is really moving. This is cool. So very cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So uh, back to this. How long have you been a motorcycle guy? Oh God, since I was eighteen. I mean, I, you know, I when I was a kid, I was never allowed to ride. My father was actually yeah. a physician, and he 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 was just like, you are never riding a motorcycle. Um, then I got to college and just exploded all over the wall, and I started doing like. <laughs> everything you know you got a picture like 6'4 240 I wasn't allowed to play football I wasn't allowed to do anything that would potentially get me hurt so like when I when I got to college I was like I'm jumping out of airplanes and I'm bungee jumping and I'm racing motorcycles and like I'm doing all this stuff that you're never supposed to do as a child guilty yeah <laughs> so I got into bikes. Uh, I, I'll never forget. I bought I, I bought my first bike, which was a little um, Ninja Two Fifty, and I and I you know I, I looked like a monkey riding a football on that thing. <laughs> um, and then I borrowed five grand from a roommate, and I went out and I bought a Ducati, 
uh, this old, oh, wow. this, yeah, this old 750 and basically cut my teeth on that and then started just getting better and better and better hooked up, you know, on, I was out on Eastern Long Island at the time and I hooked up with this group of guys where we would go out and ride from 4.30 in the morning to 11 o'clock in, in the morning. We'd cover three, 300 miles. And we got to the point that we were dangerously fast on the road. I mean, way too fast to the point where one yeah. time, like we were in East Hampton and we took this like idiots. So we took the same route every weekend and we were going out to East Hampton. And as we came down this one road, there were two, this is back in the nineties, two IROC Camaros and two Ford Crown Victorias. And they chased all of us. And we had five bikes. In. And you got to remember, like, we're all doing this. And we're full race leather. Like, there was nothing subtle about it. So they, they pulled a bunch of us over. They impounded the bikes. And we were like, yeah, maybe Ooh. we shouldn't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then started racing in uh, pretty much the mid-90s. I raced for, you know, five years. And I uh, just... That was it. And then I, you know, you, you, it was, I used to ride 10 to 15,000 miles a year. I would commute into lower Manhattan from my place on, on Eastern Long Island. Um, and I, you know, I rode all winter with full heated clothing and gloves yeah. and the whole deal. And yeah. then, in the, and I never got like, I, I went down on the track a whole bunch of times, but on the racetrack, like you fall, you slide for maybe 50 feet, you roll a couple times. And as long as you don't hit anything, you just get back up and you're like, all right, I'm okay. Um, but then I got hit twice on the street and like that That's really different. hurts. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I imagine that, that That's- hurts. That's that's a lot different. Yeah. Uh, we may have found the new poster boy for the world's most interesting man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Broken man. So <laughs> I, I got that one. Uh, what is the appeal of owning really obscure motorcycles that nobody can identify? Um, uh, you know what it was? I had, I, I was really fortunate in the sense that where I lived, I had a friend of mine with a shop back in the day. I don't even know if it's still there called Supermoto. And he was an importer of Ducatis, Bomotas, um, Aprilias, oh, um, wow. like all these really obscure European bikes. And so as opposed to having like your, your, you know, ZX seven or your Gixxer seven fifty or something like that, I was always around these insane like Italian bikes and German bikes and stuff. And so I just gravitated to those, right. He would show up one day with like a Bomoda mantra. And I was like, what the hell is that? And you know, I, you would just <laughs> fall in love with it. And I, I fell in love with Ducatis. I had a, you know, a 750. I had a 916. I had a 998. Um, and so, and I love V twins. Then I gravitated. I went to Aprilia's and I had a couple of those. Um, Very cool. So, I it, and they're obscure, and I just I like having stuff that nobody else has. Sure. I mean, as as an owner, it can be a pain in the ass to get parts, you know. But I, it's the same way with cars. Like I like pulling into a spot and having people go. I haven't seen one of those in ages. Or, I don't know what that is, because just like a car, I mean, it's a conversation starter, and that's I, that's what I like about the hobby. I just you know, you play with different things and try not yeah. to have anything that's cookie cutter. So if you ever consider doing a really, really long road trip with one of your dumb Harley owning buddies. Oh, dude, I would be, I mean, I've, Subtle. this is what people look at, like I've done like the iron butt rally. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No, I'm familiar. Yes. Okay. Done the iron butt rally on a, on a 900 SS Ducati. Not oh. smart. Just Oh, I'm hoping smart. your dad's a chiropractor. No, dude, it was, I had like a 40 pound pack on my back and it was just, oh. 
but you're young and stupid. So you're like, I can oh, totally yeah, yeah. do this. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, imagine that now. Yeah. But and it's, it's funny because myself and Matt Farrer were talking about that uh, yesterday because okay. Matt's like, I've always wanted to do a really long trip. And I was like, let's like come up to Northern California. We'll just ride the entire coast up to Oregon into Canada. And I would, I would literally do that tomorrow. It's just, and I, you know, not on a sport bike anymore. I think those days are, are no. far behind <laughs> no. me, but <laughs> yeah. like, I wouldn't mind throwing a leg over like a GS 1250, you know, like a big yeah. BMW or something or a V Strom or just something that's big and comfortable and can hold. Base. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've already asked you once a million years ago, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? And the reason I ask everybody we have on here, uh, that question is because it always gets the best story. Mm. You always get some story where, Judgment was out the window, and so was intelligence. And you got you went Story and did something <laughs> either dumbest or second dumbest thing you've ever done. Um, and for some of us, it's tough to narrow it down. It is for me. <laughs> That's kind so of the problem. From, yeah. Like I've done, yeah. Uh, there are so many. Um, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> which one has passed the statute of limitations? I mean, well, honestly, <laughs> starting yeah, point. How about scariest? How about yeah. most scared? I coming at it. I was I was doing a rally, and I we were. It started in Canada. We were coming out of Canada. We were flying. We were in the Daytona, and we got clocked at two hundred and sixty or something kilometers per hour, oh, okay. or whatever the case is. Which That's I don't about know. About a buck forty or so yeah, maybe. something like that. Yeah, and we were on this kind of back stretch of. I mean, it was beautiful. We're like, no, there are cops here. There's nobody's going to catch us. And we came up this rise, and there was a cop with a radar gun, just literally staring at me, holding the gun, like, "What are you doing?" And as we blazed by him at like 145 miles an hour, I just looked so, at this up. That's 161 miles an hour. Yeah, we were yeah. we were we were rolling. Yeah, and so he and we had. I mean, again, this is we're in the middle of Canada on the west coast. They were coming out of Vancouver. Um, I've got New York plates on the car that says angrier on the back. The car is all <laughs> stickered up like a NASCAR. And so the cop, obviously we stopped. He pulls us over. He comes up and he comes up to me. What the fuck are you doing? He totally did this up. And I was like, so listen, we're doing this for charity. We were not doing this for charity. Oh we're my doing God, you did not. You know, we had like a Just charity. We had babies. one little chat, like, yeah. Out of like the 40 stickers, we had one tiny little charity sticker on the car. And we're like, we're doing this to save the babies of refugees. <laughs> know, some bullshit like that. And he, he was like, what are you doing out here in this car from New York? And I, we just, we didn't have, we didn't have anything. We're just like, I mean, I'm from New York from. Yeah. So they were going to impound the car. Um, Wow. We were in a really rural area and they didn't impound it because they didn't have a flatbed long enough to put the Daytona (laughs) on the back. But he, he kept this there for, for about two hours and then gave me a massive summons. And he said, if you don't take care of this, if you come back into Canada, you will be arrested. This ticket is not for the province. This ticket is for Canada. So if you cross the border again, you'll be arrested. So they had wanted me to come back and go to court, which I was like, I'm not doing that because I called a buddy. He's like, no, dude, you'll go to jail for that speed. So it cost me close to five grand. I had to hire some company to like do it. Yeah. So that, that stung a lot. Oh, so like wow. I pulled the reins back on doing stupid stuff like that. 
like <laughs> yeah. years ago because it got really expensive. Yeah, and I was like, well, I, at least in foreign countries. What's the most expensive thing you did in the car besides oh, rent? Oh my! Oh my God! Who knew the Canadians were so harsh? Oh, they, yeah, he was he was straight pissed. And Not he, impressed. No, they searched. They made us empty the car. They searched it. Oh, oh no. wow! Yeah, it was. It was. Oh no. It was. Oh, wow. We've been speaking to uh, Mr. Mike Musto. Uh, he, Mike is, is just the car guy's car guy. He's done a little bit of everything. And now he's the uh, he's the director of new media at Hemmings. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Hemmings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so sad that we're not going to get to see each other. We keep uh, keep threatening to oh, dude. get How's together it, at, in Monterey. How is it affecting you guys? Because, like, uh, it's, you know, I mean, it's just, has everything been canceled? I, 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 like, I'm looking at oh, 2020 like it's a complete wash from an automotive. Half of it, at least, yeah. yeah. Well, right? so one of the things that's weird is we own a, a big warehouse that uh, Happy Feet Soccer Club rents okay. from us. And they've got lots of indoor soccer fields and soccer practice. And there's eight zillion kids there every night. Wow. And that thing has been stone quiet for two months. Yeah. And it's just kind of, it's kind of eerie because the basement is where we keep all the cars and, and okay. garbage. Sure. And you go down there to work, work on your car and it's just silent. Yeah. And it's really, it, it's, it's strange. It's strange. So, I mean, do you think they're going to have, like, I, I'm assu- I don't know this, but I'm, I would assume that SEMA would be canceled. I, I, I don't I hope know. not. I really, really hope that by the end of summer, you know, they've moved hot rod power tour to August. And we were just talking yeah. about that and they're going to do that. Yeah. And, uh, Lake and Mecham are still scheduling June, July, August auctions. Yeah. Barrett just uh, canceled. They just canceled their Connecticut Mo- one. Didn't they? Uh, Did- Mohegan sun. Yeah. Mohegan sun. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but they're doing an online one, uh, I think, this week. Yes, I think they're going through proxy bid, as far as I know. Yeah. I think that's what you're Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of auction companies do that. I know Lake uses proxy bid, and I think mm-hmm. SG does also. Yeah. But I, I'm scheduled to cover Lake in Tulsa at the end of June. And, wow, you know, okay. they're doing that Mecham sale. My old co-host, Byrne, is representing that John Otzbach, John Otzbach Shelby collection okay. at Mecham Indy. As far as I know, they're still doing that. So I'm really hoping that June, July, August, we start coming back to life. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. really, really yeah, hoping too. that. I'm just crushed about uh, about Monterey. But, you know, Pebble, once I canceled Pebble, everybody else started going. And Pebble has so many people there who display cars who are in their 60s and 70s. Yeah, and, well, do you think, I mean, if they, if SEMA does go through, and this is something that we've been talking about, do you think it's got, like, I'm almost looking at it like, okay, if it happens, is it going to be an abridged version? Are you going to get, a, like, are people still going to be very conscientious of, of the, you know, of the virus? Or, or are they just going to go in and be like, screw it, I got to get out. And I'm, I don't care if there's 100,000 people. I, I, I I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll see plenty of both. Yeah, I'm really of the opinion that I want to see every one of my car friends. I sure. want to give everybody a big hug if they want it or not. Sure. And I want us all to get her, get together and have a few adult beverages and have some cigars and just be glad to be around each other. Yeah. From some of the things uh, I know that. I've been watching uh, a lot on Facebook and a lot on the various posts from car clubs in and around Kansas City. And one of the things that I've seen is the smaller clubs, the smaller events are just moving it. Because it's so much yeah. easier to move. I mean, you've got such a, uh, oh, my God, a smaller set of logistics. Plus, you don't have as much money on the line. 
yeah. as these big things. I can totally understand the great big shows going, you know what? We got to pull the plug on this because it's, it's just too much of a gamble when you got mm-hmm. millions and millions on the line. But when you've got a, you know, a group of enthusiasts in a local place and they got their buds and you're only expecting, and listen to me only, I don't even have a car yet. Uh, when you're going to expect a couple hundred vehicles, you know, you're able to to move it a little easier and a little faster. I think we're yeah. going to see a whole lot of the the little people, quote unquote, little groups get together, but the big ones. Ah. The other thing that we're seeing that I've I've seen is social distance cruises or uh, things where they get uh, a group of cars to go drive by somebody's house, like kids' house yeah. for birthdays yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like yep. that. I went to one of the Saturday night. There were 200 cars there. Yeah, you know, it's it's my friend Anthony did that for his son. This was about three weeks ago, and he just posted it up on Instagram. And he was like, "It's my son's eleventh birthday. You know, he's a car fanatic. He would love to see people come by." He got like two hundred fifty cars, and he lives yeah. in like a like this little cul de sac. That's so, awesome. Uh, <laughs> his neighbors were like, That's "What cool. the hell's going on?" But it <laughs> it was it was amazing because his son was just blown away, and you know, everybody. And I think that's one of the things that people always forget is like, you know what? you could still do kind of have fun like this. Yeah. You're always going to get those people that are going to, they're going to bitch and they're going to moan and oh, they're sure. going to say, well, you're not doing this correctly or whatever. Um, but it was a very responsible kind of automotive parade that they had and his son loved it. So like, I am in full favor of that. I think doing stuff like that is great. I think people should be doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Me too. Well, me too. and, and there is kind of a pent up demand. They're trying to find ways to work around it. Yeah. So, Socially dis- distanced cruises where you're not really coming in contact with people or, yeah. uh, you know, drive-bys like the, the parade thing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that we're still seeing people getting out and doing what they can. Yeah. But uh, I think as soon as they, they take the, you know, they, they lift the lockdowns off of all of us. You're going to see a lot of pent up demand, and if something goes off in October, I think it's going to be bigger. It's going to be wild. Yeah. yeah, you know yeah. The, the only thing that I can see is, and and, and I'm kind of just curious myself on this is, um, you know, are the companies or the, the larger companies from a legal perspective going to jump into that? Because I mean, the way that that I'm, you know, you kind of look at it and you, you say, okay, well, wave one was everybody being in the house, right? The quarantine. Um, Wave two is they're going to open things up just a little bit. Wave three is, all right, everybody's going to go back. Is wave wave four, could it be a resurgence or could this thing have petered out? And no one knows yet because it hasn't happened yet. We've been talking to Mike Musto, uh, with, uh, Hemming's new director of, uh, of something really cool. New uh, media. <laughs> new media. <laughs> Mike, I'm happy for you. You really needed to be someplace where they would just let you run wild. And yeah, it sounds it was, like you've found that. And I'm excited to see what you've got coming. And I'm also that. really excited for them to lift all the bands and let us all get together again. Yeah. Uh, it, you and I have a long overdue beer waiting for us. Oh, <laughs> huge. Absolutely. Way overdue. Yeah. And thanks so much for being with us. I know you've been really busy this week. You've been interviewed to death. You've still got another one coming. I have two I more, which I'm like, nobody's ever wanted to talk to me. Now everybody's like, hey, <laughs> no, no hey, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> you know, by Friday, you're going to be sick of talking about you. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, it's, it's funny to come on. To the, it, this honestly, you know, five years ago, doing like a Zoom call like this wouldn't have been possible. But now no. 
it, it's been such an amazing thing because everybody can still get together. You could still talk to your buddies about cars and motorcycles and going out and doing all this stuff. It's, it's, it's been fantastic. So any like I am all in on doing as much of this as I can, just because I've been sitting in a house, like I'll, just keep talking. Well, Talk and, to me. And it helps, <laughs> uh, helps release a little pent up uh, pressure so far as I can't go play and do all the things I want to do. At least I can talk right. to my buddies. About yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and oh, also, last thing. Yeah. Mr. Musto. Has anybody come up with a new nickname for that beard? Oh, dude, I've gotten a whole bunch. I got no, you, you already got my favorite last year. We talked about it to Monterey. Oh, I don't know which one that was. Uh, ZZ. Oh, ZZ Wop? Yeah. I'm tired. So that's, yeah. No. Oh I, I had a buddy of mine. He's like, oh my yeah. God. I got that one. I got like leader of the Taliban. Um, <laughs> you know, like there are so many. Man, I really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. It's a huge joy. So thank you so much. Thank you for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show, and same thing at Instagram. You can find us everywhere. Find podcasts or heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt and Catfish Groves. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.